Welcome to People With Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts and I believe that we all have a purpose and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Uh, My name's David Roberts. Thank you for joining me on today's show. So this is a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realised that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Now, the mess of this story is clear. No one took responsibility, so nothing got done. And this is a story that plays out so often in organisations and in companies and in teams. Anywhere there is a culture that, you know, might just be lacking in that bit of accountability. And if this is happening to you, today we're going to talk about how you can fix it. But firstly, why does this happen? Just mention accountability. You know, it rarely happens because people are lazy or slopey-shouldered or because they don't care. Most people really do care. More often than not, It happens because of clarity or a lack of it. They didn't know. Or if you're the leader, you didn't check to make sure they understood. And why is it important? Well, actually, there's a bit about why it's important, but there's also a little bit about for whom it's important. So if you think about it, if you've got that everybody, somebody, anybody and nobody problem in your organisation, then the people that are most likely to suffer are going to be your customers or your clients, but also your people. And if your customers are suffering and your people are suffering, then ultimately your business or your organisation is going to be suffering. And if your organisation is there to fulfil a purpose, then the reason why you're on this planet is going to be falling short. So it's important, this. Put it into some context. You know, the outcome of people not really knowing what they should be doing uh, or not doing it because they thought somebody else was going to do it. There's, a, there's three things which, uh, which are kind of badly impacted by this. The first one is productivity. So if you think about your organisation and the confusion that can come from this kind of situation, that can result in inefficiency and a lack of productivity. The Institute of Customer Service did some research uh, a couple of years ago and uh, it showed that the UK alone is losing £28 billion per year due to poor service. Now, that's just poor service. So £28 billion per year. Now, UK GDP... It's about two point something trillion, two and a bit trillion wasted through poor service alone. So if you then take that and apply that to your business or your organisation, what would that mean to you? I mean, if you could save that, then that goes straight to the bottom line. 
that goes straight into surplus. If you're a charitable organisation wanting to do some good in the world. So think about that, 13%. What would you do for 13%? How much more do you have to sell to get 13% on your bottom line? It's a lot more than that. So that's the first thing, productivity. Secondly, is how satisfied your people are. You know, do you genuinely think that people are happy, uh, you know, doing their daily work, uh, thinking that anybody could have done something that nobody did? You know, that's really dissatisfying for people. And, you know, we're in the middle of this thing that they're calling the great resignation, which means that pretty much half of people, uh, this is a, a Microsoft survey, so uh, so pretty much half of uh, people uh, are thinking about changing employer this year. And about 75% of those people are thinking about doing it because they're disengaged with their employer. Now, that's a lot of people thinking about, you know, maybe doing something different. Everyone that leaves your organisation could be costing you about 50 grand. So there's estimates of between 25 to 50 grand that it could cost you when somebody leaves because that person leaves with all that experience uh, and uh, then there's a gap, there's um, stress on the rest of the team, there's a need to then recruit somebody else and pay for training and lost time and all of those sorts of things. And that's been quantified to between 25 and 50K depending on on the situation. So, uh, you know, it could be more. So that's that's why it's important uh, from a from a people point of view, but also from the point of view of the impact on the business. You don't want unhappy people uh, because you're going to have unhappy customers. Now, again, another piece of Institute of Customer Service research looked at the difference in um, impact of customer satisfaction. So, if somebody scores you an eight out of ten for service, that seems pretty good. But the difference between an 8 out of 10 and a 9 out of 10 is huge. It's something like uh, twice more. Um, uh, so, so, so if somebody scores you 9 out of 10 instead of 8 out of 10, they're probably going to be twice more likely to trust you as an organisation and maybe three times more likely to recommend you to somebody else. So if you think about that, that difference between 8 and 9 out of 10 isn't just you know, one or 10% is potentially double or treble from the point of view of the impact on your reputation, uh, your referrals, uh, and and the impact, therefore, that you're going to have in the world. So that's why it's, uh, it's key to, to get into this. Uh, but how do, how do you get people on your team uh, that clarity and to get take responsibility for their work. Now, different things work in different situations, uh, but um, but here are some uh, some some ideas. And I suppose it comes in two parts. Really, the first part is the chart of accountabilities, uh, and the second part is leading with calm. And I'll cover both those points now. So, the chart of accountabilities. So, uh, every organisation pretty well has got an organisation chart. And if you're sort of sitting there thinking, well, I'm just a sort of a one, a one person organisation, uh, then um, listen on, because th- this does, does a- apply to you as well. Because this isn't just about the people, this is about the role. So uh, I was uh, I was <laughs> fortunate enough to work with a with a great a great chap called uh, called 
uh, Ashley uh, Levinson, and he he used to always have this uh, mantra about someone to make it, someone to sell it, and someone to count it. Now again, that's someone, but there's a role, a role to make it, a role to sell it, and a role to count it. So if you've got those three main roles, if you like, in any business, if you're a sole trader, then potentially you're you're the, the person that's doing all of those things. But every role has a um, as a purpose, and it has probably five major things or key result areas that that role is responsible for. So you know, if you've got a business right now, uh, don't think about people. Uh, you can do this by kind of almost kind of you know uh, metaphorically firing everyone blank sheet of paper. I mean, don't do, don't do that in reality, of course. But but then don't think about people. Uh, forget that, and just think about the roles that you need. Think about the roles you need, uh, and and not just what you need today, but what you're going to need for the next say I don't know six months, something like that. So think a little bit into the future about what roles you might need. And you plot them on your chart of, uh, of accountabilities. And the reason you call it a chart of accountabilities is because that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to accountability uh, in the organisation. So it's not just a job role. In fact, the job role doesn't really matter. What you call the job doesn't really matter, uh, the name of the job. Uh, what matters is what are the five major key result areas that that role is responsible for delivering, making sure that it happens. So, uh, so yeah, so um, those key result areas are, are, like I said, the most important, most important thing. So if you think about um, somebody who's in a kind of a sales role, that will clearly be about selling, that will be about uh, acquiring new customers, it might be about uh, a, a, a plan a sales and marketing plan or strategy. It might be uh, key relationships, key customer relationships. Uh, and it might be, for example, uh, pricing and margins. So they might be the five key things that that role is responsible for. And the person to make it or the role to make it, uh, that could be about uh, service, customer satisfaction, on-time delivery, uh, and um, operational cost control. So there might be those five, what are those five key things? And the reason it's five is really it's the kind of, um, it's the kind of, you know, five, I suppose, plus or minus two type things. So just, but just make it as specific as you can. And if you've got those roles, then in um, laid out, the role to make it, the role to count it, and the role to sell it. And if you need uh, more than one of those roles or those roles break down because of the scale and size of your organisation, then break them down. But just think about the roles and then how the accountabilities sit against each role. Now, here's the thing to remember. If more than one role is accountable, then no one is accountable. And I'll say that again. If more than one role is accountable, then no one is accountable. So what you need to make sure is that you are specific enough about what each role is responsible for, the KRA for each role, so that it only attaches itself to one role. Now, it might be if you're in a big organisation, you've got five people doing the same role because you've got a capacity constraint. And that's fine. Just think about the role, not the number of people in that role, if you see what I'm saying. Hopefully that makes sense. So, so that's the first step, is to get those um, roles laid out on your chart of accountabilities. And if you're a sole trader, like I say, or a single person organisation, 
having those accountabilities laid out uh, is helpful because even if it's only you now, you never know, or you might be planning to bring more people in. And it's a classic mistake that startups or, or growing, scaling businesses make is that when somebody else then joins, uh, that everyone kind of does a bit of everything, you know, so you both end up doing a bit of selling, you both end up doing a bit of production, you both end up doing a bit of customer service, um, and uh, not so much on the accounting side of things, because that's normally done separately. But, but you know, just you see what I'm saying, you end up with a situation where actually, that's a classic scenario where you end up with um, you know, everybody, somebody, anybody, nobody happening. And that's just within there's two of you. Uh, it's actually, when there's two of you, the communication works okay because, you know, there's only two of you, but then you can, when you get to three, that's when the problems really start and things start to fall over. So get it set up now. And if you're already in a bigger business, then really you should have this org chart anyway, but, you know, make it about, about roles, not about people. And then when you've got that, you need to ask yourself a couple of questions. So, so, so one, is this the right structure to get us to six months time, whatever time horizon you've sent, will it see us through? Um, and then you then, if you've got people, you populate the people onto the chart, just be clear that everyone's in the right, in the right role. And then a quick check to see if they've got enough time to do what needs to be done. Because, again, another reason why uh, you can sometimes end up in the situation where no one does it when anybody could is because of a time constraint. So, yeah, so go through chart of accountabilities. That's step one. And then when you've got that set up and running, you can then review that every, say, three to six months uh, to, uh, to see if you're still where you need to be. So I've uh, been through this exercise uh, myself a couple of times. Uh, one example was with a startup, and this was about four years ago. Um, I was just uh, helping um, a, a friend of mine who was starting up a business, and uh, he was uh, finding it really challenging to, one, run the business, and two, uh, you know, get finance, and then three, um, sell. He was sort of doing everything. So he kind of needed to go through a process of understanding, okay, he knew that he needed some help, uh, but he didn't know what it was that he needed. So we sat down over a beer actually, and uh, and just went through this this process and, and going through this, w removing himself from it, removing anybody else from it, uh, helped him to kind of get a clear picture of what needed to be done how that could be owned by different roles in the organisation. And then it also helped him to reflect on the things that he enjoyed doing, how he felt about letting things go um, and, um, and you know, giving that accountability to somebody else. And then um, he was then able to go and recruit uh, the person that he needed then to fulfil the next most important role. So that's that's one example. Another example uh, was uh, was we introduced this a couple of years ago at, at New Heat. And again, it's helped us to give us a sort of a reference point at New Heat for a responsibility. Um, and, uh, you know, when we first put this in place in this level of detail, we had to look out for a couple of things. Uh, one uh, was about making sure that um, it was uh, clearly understood by everybody and also that it didn't turn into a kind of a uh, sort of almost like a that's a, that's a not my job type situation uh, because um, you know what you can uh, accidentally if you like in a way create 
uh, silos if you're, not, if you're not careful. So that's something to look out for. So look, I mean, I hope this is helpful so far. Uh, the old chart of accountabilities uh, to, to, to guide you through. Uh, if you're enjoying what you're listening uh, to, then um, I'd be very, very grateful if you could give us a give us a, a five star review and follow because uh, there's going to be more of this uh, in the People with Purpose podcast. We're going to be doing uh, some practical uh, tips and tricks on how to get things lined up. So if you're in an organisation or somebody on your own, you're going after your purpose. How do you go about doing that? How can you get organised and put it into a plan to make it actually happen um, and also we'll be uh, interviewing people as well and hearing from them and their experiences about how they found their purpose and and, and use that as a key to unlock their best life so so yeah so if you are enjoying what you're hearing i'll be very grateful if you if you could uh, subscribe um, and uh, and yeah i'm happy to receive some feedback so um so please do give me some feedback thanks for listening to people with purpose I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, Tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.